Good, good Father. Thank you, Jamie, for selecting those songs today and just really leading us to this place of the God who loves us so. I invite you today to look in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Today we're going to hear these words, come and see. In a moment when we hear those words, we're going to see that there are words that will alter the trajectory of a life of one person, one man. They're going to be words that are going to point someone to the way. That's what the earliest Christians were called. That's what they're referred to in the book of Acts in the New Testament. They're referred to as the way. The way of Christ. That's what the early church was called. And that is what we're going to think about for the next few weeks. And perhaps we need to ask ourselves, am I following the way of Jesus? So come and see. Now, before we get there, let me share with you one of the most encouraging, I can't call it a website, but it's one of the most encouraging web pages that I came across recently. I was actually um, trying, attempting to get to the Bible.com part of YouVersion Bible, and I would encourage everyone to have the YouVersion app on their Bible. I was looking up a scripture that someone else had referenced, so I was trying to get to that website, and this is what I received. This is the message I received. This is the webpage. It came up and it said, this website is under heavy load. I just love that. Then it said, we're sorry, too many people are accessing this website at the same time. We're working on this problem. Please try again later. I guess my conclusion is, is I'm not so sure that's a problem. With that many people, it's good to know that that many people were accessing the Bible in these days we're living in, that, that it said, you know, this website for the Bible is just, it's under heavy load. But then I asked myself this question as I was repeatedly trying to get to that website. Is that access changing people? Is it creating different people? As we seek to understand what it means to follow the way of Jesus, the starting place of that, really, a good starting place, is to turn to the Scriptures and not just to read them, but to allow them to form and shape us. Because we're supposed to be different people. This season of epiphany that we find ourselves in is a season to remember, as we've indicated, that the light of Christ is intended to be revealed in our very ordinary lives. These words from Tish Warren, she writes, The season of epiphany reminds us that we do not just receive the light of Christ, we are charged with sharing it with all the world. We are charged with this light so changing us, we become such different people. You see, that implies just that, that we will be different people who follow a different way. And so over these next few weeks, we're going to turn to gospel passages that Christians from around the world will be reading each Sunday morning. They're kind of different. They have a different bend to them. Passages 
that have something to say to us about going a different way. And that's where last week we left the Magi, if you remember. In response to the encounter they had with Christ, it says, to, the Bible tells us, that the Magi went a different way. They went a changed way. They changed direction. They went a different way. I think we all need to consider what it means for us to go a different way. As we journey with Jesus these next few weeks in the Gospels, we're going to find Jesus on the road at the start of his ministry. Now, that's not unusual for itinerant rabbis to be on the road. So we can imagine these real-life encounters and events that we're going to come across really unfolding. But what do we learn that teaches us that in signing up to follow Jesus, we are signing up for a different way? A way that makes us different people. So let's join Jesus on the road. Jesus has been baptized. He has now called his very initial disciples. And we pick this up in John chapter 1, beginning with verse 43. This is the word of the Lord. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee. And he was found by Philip and said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. And Philip found Nathanael and said to him, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Amen. This different bend in the gospel. Thanks be to God. Come and see. We find ourselves in the earliest days of Jesus' ministry. Today he is with Philip, who became known for inviting others to the way of Jesus. And then Philip invites his friend Nathaniel. Nathaniel seems, when I look at Nathaniel, let's just call him a bit player in the gospel drama. In fact, you see, he is not listed in the other lists of the twelve in the gospels. And in fact, he's not listed in any other gospel, only in John's gospel. But let's remember this, that sometimes it's the least expected people who offer the most important lessons. And in this case, it's not only the lesson from Nathaniel, but the lesson for Nathaniel and perhaps us. 
So here, here's Nathaniel. Nathaniel is like you and me, it seems to me. He's the everyday person who has this extraordinary encounter that will change everything. And here's why. Because Nathaniel is about to be seen by Jesus. He's about to be seen by Jesus. And he is about to see himself. And then he is about to see Jesus in a whole different way. It will change his world. As soon as we meet Nathaniel, um, at least for me, he's very likable because I think he's like us. When I was first in ministry, when I was getting ready to go pastor in Keysville, New York, my district superintendent was Reverend George Teague. And Reverend Teague had actually pastored a church in my hometown of Succasuna, New Jersey, that, that is now defunct. And it was defunct by the time I came around and met Reverend Teague. And as he was interviewing me, when he found out that I was from the small, inconsequential, nondescript little town of Succasuna in New Jersey, he said this to me, can anything good come out of Succasuna? I'm sure my parents really appreciated that comment. He was... Half-joking, I think. Can anything good come out of Nazareth, we hear? You see, Nathaniel's dismissive, even contemptible attitude is on display for us. And with that, you see, he reveals that Nathaniel was certain... (laughs) He was certain he knew all he needed to know about Nazareth, so much so that he could make a judgment on the hometown of Jesus and on Jesus himself. Can anything good, come on, really, come out of Nazareth? Like Nathaniel, we are tempted to be dismissive and to judge others on what we think we know about them. We we have them all figured out. Maybe it's the place they are from. Or it's the place they are in life socially, racially, politically, religiously, vocationally. We we have them all figured out. Yeah, Nathaniel, he knew enough to know he was not going to be fooled by some fool from Nazareth. You see, Nathaniel probably knew that Nazareth isn't even mentioned in the Old Testament. That Nazareth isn't mentioned, let alone any idea that the Messiah has any connection to Nazareth. He also knew that Nazareth was one of those inconsequential little places. It was a village of of 500 at the tops and more than likely 200. Nazareth Nazareth was a place where nobodies came from. It's even a place where the Roman soldiers did not want to get stationed to. And so you can hear hear Nathaniel saying, I mean, everybody knows this, right? Nothing good comes from Nazareth. But his friend Philip persists and says, come and see. I imagine Nathaniel thought, well, I'm going to show Philip. Perhaps he thinks he's going to prove his point. After all, he's got it all figured out his way. But what Nathaniel didn't bank on was this. Not that he would see Jesus, but that Jesus 
would see him. And not just see him, but that below the surface where no one else can see kind of seeing. That being seen for who you really are. You see, I think that presents to us some critical questions when we think about that. What do I really know about myself? What do I know about myself in the places where no one else knows? Who am I really? If the events of our time, from a pandemic that has ravaged our population to the politics that have wearied our souls, does anything, it raises questions for us to ask of ourselves. What has been revealed to your life, what has been revealed to you about life, about your life with God, about your life with family, about your life in the world? And what needs to be different? What is it that I know about my life that needs to be different? Is this a critical time to think about what I've been missing in life? Is, is this the time for me to be found as I truly am? See, the answer to those questions will determine how one lives, the way one takes. And maybe for our purposes today, will determine the answer to this question, will I follow the way of Jesus? Well, Nathaniel discovers quickly that the way of Jesus is a different way. It's a different way of being. Imagine Nathaniel, I, being Nathaniel, you have all the answers. You have it all figured out. And God and the world fits neatly into the box you have made for him to exist in. You see, that's what his question reveals. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? It's like him saying, listen, God is not going to work in this way, he's going to work in the way that I think God should work. The world should be the way I think the world should be. I've got it figured out as it should be. But then Jesus flips all of that upside down. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, we read, and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? It's a good question to ask in prayer of God. How do you know me? And Jesus answered and said, And before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I imagine Nathaniel didn't see that coming. <laughs> I think he's caught off guard. In fact, I think we could probably change the title of this sermon series to didn't see that coming because we're going to see that happen in this journey of Jesus who works in a different way and he makes different people and he invites them to a different way, a different way of being. But back to Nathaniel or us being like Nathaniel. Who knows everything about you? Who knows everything about you? What would it be like for Jesus to show up and look at you and say this? Think about your life right now. Think about your circumstances. And what would it be like for Jesus to show up and say, listen, I know. 
I know everything. I know everything about it. And I still want you to follow me. I know. I know everything about you. In Jesus' encounter with Nathaniel, we find a very personal encounter that no doubt left Nathaniel wondering and maybe reeling. But we also know this, it did not leave him the same. You see, in fact, there's only one other place, as I mentioned, where Nathaniel is mentioned in the entire Bible, and that is in John chapter 21. It's after the crucifixion of Jesus. And you know where we find him? We find him faithfully hanging with other followers of Jesus by the shore. Isn't that interesting that that all that they went through, all of the the challenges, the the life with Jesus, the the crucifixion, and, and now they're on the run in some ways. They're probably filled with doubts, but through all of it, he did not abandon the other followers of Jesus. They hung in there together. And then you know what happened? They saw the resurrected Christ that morning. It's the only other place we see it. We know, we know his life was changed. He changed his way. And something begins to happen. You see, I think what changed Nathaniel, what allowed him to see things he would have never imagined, as we hear Jesus saying, what allowed him to realize that Jesus is the connection between heaven and earth, as we see this image of the latter in this passage, what allowed him to see things differently, to live differently, to change, to encounter Jesus in ways he could have only dreamed, was the fact that he was known by Jesus for who he really was. And that caused him to embrace a different way of being in the world, being one of Jesus' followers. What about us? In these days, could it be that the different way of Jesus must begin with a personal recognition that God knows us? That we are known by God in that below-the-surface kind of knowing, and when we are known, we find out who and whose we really are, that when we're really known, we hear the echo of Psalm 139, which we heard earlier, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You created my inmost being. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You see, I believe that for the first time, Nathaniel began to understand who he was and whose he was. He's a good, good father. That he was truly known by God. That the longing of his life and the longing for meaning and the longing for relevance and the longing for a life that matters and a longing to belong and a longing to be known was met in Jesus that day. You see, we meet Jesus and we meet our true selves. We see ourselves for who we really are and Jesus reveals what we really need, which is him. You see, he has been seen by Jesus now. He now sees himself, and he's about to see Jesus in a whole different way. 
You see, it's at this point that the penny drops for this everyday guy. He has the epiphany that changes everything. Verse 49, he declares, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. You are the king. You are the one. Here is the start of going a different way. Here is the place of living a different kind of story. Living a story of surrender to God. Because when you are known like this, you are now free to relinquish your life to him. You're now free to relinquish your life to the one who knows all. You're now free to give your life fully, surrender your life completely to the one who knows you below the surface. And that's a different way of being, to begin to see ourselves in what we really need. And we realize who Jesus really is for our lives and for the world. He is the true king. Next week we're going to look at his kingdom, but let's just remember he's the true king. We've always needed that message. But maybe right now in our world, we need this epiphany as never before. We need to really see. Because this no longer defines us by the labels the world assigns to us or we assign to one another. No longer do the current labels that divide us, Republican, Democrat, liberal, conservative, poor, rich, black, white, success, failure, add the label you'd like. No longer do those define us. We are now seen for who we really are and who Jesus really is. And you know, I wonder, could there not be a more appropriate day, a Sanctity of Life Sunday, for this most important message? We find ourselves, it seems to me, we find ourselves, especially we who are seeking to follow Jesus, we find ourselves at an inflection point in our small but significant spans of history. We find ourselves with a unique opportunity. But for us not to miss it, we must begin by recognizing that there's a different way of being which begins with recognizing that we are known by God as his image bearers, all of us. That this moment in time is an opportunity for us to reflect deeply on what it means to be seen by God and how that impacts how we view others. That God sees below the surface. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? That God sees below the attitudes. That God sees below what we don't see. And that, my friends, demands that we see a different way. That we see others as Jesus sees. Now why is that? Because when you look deep down below the surface, you find these words stamped on the soul of every person who draws a breath. From the book of Genesis, we hear God created humankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And that, in this inflection point of our lives, that is world-changing. Paraphrasing, paraphrasing Rabbi Lord Jonathan Sachs, he said, we discover that the people not like us are just people. 
like us. Every time we see others not like us as they are in God's eyes, we heal one of the fractures of our wounded world. And maybe then we can join our King Jesus who wants to come and bring healing to our world. Come and see what he wants to do. Maybe we can join our King Jesus in his different way of seeing others as sacred. Maybe there's a different way. And as we join him then, as Anne Voskamp writes, we can be about ushering in his new kingdom now through things like racial justice and reconciliation, through cruciform immigration and refugee care, through a robust womb-to-tomb consistent pro-life ethic, not because it's political, but this is what it means to live biblical. Now why? Because when we see deep down below the surface, when you see as Jesus sees, you find words stamped on the soul of every person who draws a breath that remind us how sacred each one is. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what's stamped on every person. So think about it. If this is how God knows me, if this is how God knows you, what about others? What is it that God sees in the other? And does this now change the way we see others? Because how we now realize God sees us, that God looks and God knows, that he stands before us and says, I know. I know everything. And like Nathaniel, welcomes us? Do we now look at the world differently? Perhaps, as the Apostle Paul said, so from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. That's very true of Nathaniel, isn't it? That one day he regarded Christ in some other way. No longer. You see, all it took was a pandemic. Political strife and implosion. Racial injustices. Economic stressors. Isolation. Difficulty. Grief and lament. All it took was for us to see our deep need for a different way of being. We have a deep need for a different way of being. Now is the time for us to take this deep look, this deep inventory of our souls, to ask God to show us what he sees, and then to invite Jesus to take us on the journey with him toward a different way of being in the world. And maybe we even could imagine how God knows and loves the others around us. And you know, in our world, that would be different. But that's what happens 
when you are seen by God. And now you see yourself. And you see Jesus, his kingdom, and our world in a whole different way. It's a different way of being. Come and see. Let's pray together. Lord, we want to thank you for your word to us right now. What a word for us to know that when we ask you, how did you know? You look at us and you say, I see you. I, I saw you and I see you and I still welcome you. We pray, Lord God, that we would let you lead us on a journey in life where you are the way, the truth, and the life. It's a different way. And it's a different way of being in our world. It's being yours. It's living out of the image of God that's in us all. And it's seeing our world through that sacred, sacred, embedded image in each one. Oh, Lord, help us to come and see and to follow you. We place our faith in you, Jesus. Amen.